All right. Once again, it is time to hit the books. Part of the Hammer Betting Network alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself. Only in his own mind, though, folks. Joey Kanish. I am merely Brad Powers. Before we talk some bowl games here uh, and recap last uh, week's bowl games, we got a game going on right now, and we might as well hit it uh, since it's time sensitive. Second Uh, half, baby. You got anything? I mean, as far as the second half play, you know what? I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent because, you know, obviously Bowling Green's shorthanded. Their quarterback's out. I think they're still moving the football. I I can't help it that their kicker stinks. I think New Mexico State's a bad football team, even though they're up 14-0 here. Uh, I was going to defer to you. We're seeing some money come in on the over uh, a little bit here. Uh, Right now, BG's getting a little bit of money. Went from one and a half to two. Totals up to 22. I kind of agree with both. I mean, if I had to have a lean here, it would be BG in the over. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I think I'd feel a little bit better about the over there. Uh, I mean, obviously, the over took uh, some big steam today. Uh, And you saw both teams kind of came out with, a little bit more tempo than usual, kind of spreading it out. It was kind of a YOLO mode game. Uh, I think if McDonald was healthy, you, you'd you see him. I mean, I mean, this game would be a much different game, right? Right. I, yeah. I don't think Bowling Green would have a goose egg. Uh, and, and they, you know, like even his first drive, he's moving the football a little bit better. Orth, eh, yeah, they were able to still move it with him, but he's definitely a downgrade there. Uh, yeah. But if anything, for me, uh, it'd be a little uh, over 22 there. Fair enough. I agree with that. So a little bit of. Lean on the over from me and Kanish. Before we get into anything else, let me remind everybody, hit the books on the Hammer Betting Network, powered by Circa Sports. You see the hat. You see the merch. Love Circa Sports. A lot of other sports books, maybe not so much, but we love Circa Sports here. You can bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. It is Circa Sports. Experience big app bets with the highest betting limits, better money line splits with the lowest hold percentage, best customer service, and more. It's sports betting on the go. It's never been better. Now you can download fun and bet like a pro from anywhere in Nevada. Get your new bookie today at circusports.com. Kanish, before I talk more college bowls, I want to bring up a couple of things uh, with you. Since you're making waves on Twitter and whatnot, and this is a, a gambling show. Yeah, I know I, you know, a couple of Christmas witches out there that people might have uh, been a little unreceptive to. I, I don't understand, you know? Yeah, I'll let you take it wherever you want. But uh, one book in particular has been making some news. I'd like to get your impressions on this. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook seems to, you know, cater to you want to complain about certain uh, bets and players getting hurt. Go complain. Go cry and bitch about it uh, online and maybe you get your money back. So (laughs) did you see some of their rulings, specifically the one today, Devin Booker, all those bets because he got hurt early, were refunded? I, I think it's a terrible decision. What say you? I, I think it, I agree because it's creating it, – there is no more like, uh, you know, like thankless group of people on earth than, than, than the, 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 the gambling community where like you're just creating this now, this standard where anytime somebody gets hurt, it, it, the people are going to be bitching up a storm that they won the refund. So it's it's not it's not like this, like you know, uh, oh, thank you so much. Oh, we love it. You know, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's just creating the standard going forward, where every time now people are going, and when then when they don't get it, it's going to be this every, and then they're going to other books that aren't refunding it. That maybe actually you know taking bigger that are like, well, why am I Fanduel refunding? Why am I not getting a refund? So I don't. To be honest. I don't like it. 
Uh, I don't think it's creating. I don't think it does anything business-wise for them to be honest. No, I agree. If I I was running FanDuel, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, And I just think it's creating this, this, you know, annoying perception around every time now somebody, you know, gets hurt early where, uh, you know, hey, let's give them a read. So, yeah, I'm not a a fan. I would say you. Not at all. Such a uh, terrible precedent, uh, slippery slope. Uh, but they've created this themselves. I, I mean, when you listen, when you see the comments to anything they tweet out and whatnot, I mean, it's when you see the people that uh, that's your audience who's betting, right. which complaining. I mean, they created it. So I, I guess they made that bet. They can lay with it. But I just again, I think it just sets a terrible precedent. Again, you don't have to worry about that with uh, Circus Sports and some of the other more established, not, not some of the newbies. Uh, sports books into the industry. Any other things you were, I don't know if you want to mention, or this is the platform you want to do it, but uh, any other things that have been bugging you this weekend, Kanish, other than that uh, Detroit lions loss against Carolina. Well, you know, uh, the, the war, the, the restore, the seven to Glendale took a little bit of a detour, but we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> We're still alive. We got the good results there for uh, my, I, I got the the old man, uh, a couple of futures for Christmas. So, uh, and he's actually going, I'm going over there after there. So when he opens up and sees, uh, now, now I like, got him some Lions prices that are like double what I got, but I got him on the ticket. Uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, enjoying that. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, a, a little bit of Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas fun here. We're all we're having a little bit of drama, but this this is the the conundrum when you when you talk about people giving out and they want to say, well, we want to get, we want to help betters, we want to get. In most cases, when you lay out something like that, where like these books are mispricing X, and we're gonna give them the playbook and how around it, and it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that within three weeks. One of the largest book in the country, FanDuel, the book that takes the most handle, adjusted their teaser pricing that, that had, and it wasn't the two-team NFL teasers, but some of their other alt teasers that had plus EV pricing has now been adjusted. That's not a coincidence that when you give them the playbook a few weeks ago to see that this is mispriced, it changes in a couple weeks. That That is not, that's, and so listen, they have the right to sell whatever they want subscription that it's their business by all means they can do it but don't come back and say that you know like ah well we're, we're eroding under them because when you show the book that they're doing this wrong and then they adjust it hey what do i hey that's that's just the way things go so uh, i think people have the right to be annoyed by it yep i hear you on that uh I and it, I think what the the also annoyance is a certain uh, few of those people came after people that did content that you know sold were touts and sold picks gave out picks and whatnot and you know you can make a case that some of the stuff they're doing is far worse than than giving out a pick on a stupid game. <laughs> so, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, much more dangerous. Uh, yes, but whatever. Yes. So yeah, I get, so. and it'll be one of those agree to disagree. They're they're gonna have their opinion. We're gonna have our opinion. Oh, yeah. I do find the rationalizations that they want to use to justify what they're doing. Uh, it, it's a very like rules for thee and not for me. When I do it, it it's helping improve. But when you do it, it it's it's you know scummy and all. So uh, yes, I find their uh, their justifications very uh, uh, you know self uh self-pleasing there so yeah it is what it is again they got a right to do it they can sell what they want i know some people like it by all means uh but at the same time when you give a book a playbook 
to say this is wrong, they're don't be surprised when the edge snaps away that you know look just like that. So uh yeah, frustrating for for some people that um may have taken advantage of, of things like that uh at, at that certain book. So is what it is. Let's move on to some other things. Uh you know, in the chat here, since it is halftime, uh Mickey Hill, what the happened with that personal foul? I would have built it. It must have been offsetting penalties. I'm guessing a BG offensive lineman that retaliated must have gotten a flag on that one where McDonald got hurt. I mean, that was as late of a and a bad of a late hit out of bounds as you'll see in in football. I agree. In this in 2022, that 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 is as that was kind of an old school, you know, 1990s late hit there where he was past the white into the green of the sidelines uh, and gets his legs cut out from under him and obviously. I think he had a recent concussion too. So I'm yeah, I don't. I don't expect him to come back. No, it looked yeah, like yeah. they took his helmet. So yeah, I think McDonald's uh, likely done for the day. But yeah, that was that was one where like that that foul is obviously not a targeting, right? But that's yeah. the type of foul that somebody should be ejected for. Not like if you make a little contact on the side of the guy's head, he's fine, and you're getting kicked out of the game and suspended. That's the type of hit. That if if there was any subjectivity and common sense in college football, that should get you ejected from a game. Could not agree more. Well said there. Uh, any results in the last week since you and I last talked uh, since last Monday? Uh, I'll start with one. We had a best bet on South Alabama, Woo! Western Kentucky. My good, I mean, just from you didn't have to worry about that one, bad beat or nothing. I mean, that was over within the first five minutes of the game. You knew you had a loser and i gotta say my biggest takeaway was i'm not sure you know south alabama did any film study uh, or they're you know a signing day maybe they're more focused on the recruiting class last wednesday but I'll, I'll also say this i think western kentucky when you see how they performed in that game without five or six starters i'm here to say western kentucky underachieved this season if they can do that without five or six starters and that pass game i mean you mentioned and I agreed with it, Troy being a great group of five defense. Well, I'm here to tell you on offense, West Kentucky, what they showed last Wednesday, I mean, that's as good of an offense as you'll see at the, at the G5 level with Austin Reed tossing around. I mean, I don't know how that team lost five games playing like that. Uh, that was just a, a bad bet by me, to say the least. No, I, I agree. And I, I tell you, know, I was, uh, I thought the line at close there had come down a little too far. Um, but man, as you said, like within the first, I mean, South Alabama, they Western Kentucky probably could have put up another, you know, two, three touchdowns if they wanted. The, the defense just had no answers whatsoever. Yep. Um, and I, I'm, I was surprised to see, you know, Western Kentucky look look that crisp. And then maybe Austin Reed, maybe somebody should have grabbed Austin Reed out of the portal. Yeah, you know, when he plays like that, a few teams that said, maybe we should have maybe should have threw this guy a, a couple of bags there if he's going to look like that. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, just a, a great performance by that. I agree. That That's a team that, you know, it seemed like that the first half of the year, they were going to be a, a quite a disappointing outfit, uh, got it together a little bit, probably, as you said, should have had a, a you know, a better, uh, a better year than they would have had. So maybe a buy team going into next year. Yeah, we'll see uh, how they get priced there. One other result I want to mention, because I, I thought it was one of the, Head-shaking results I've seen in college. Well, not only this year, but several years. I mean, how San Diego State lost that game in the middle of Tennessee. 
When, when you hold a team to minus 66 <laughs> yards rushing, you're up 14 nothing. You got a shaky-ass quarterback that had been playing safety earlier this year, and you attempt 43 fucking passes. I mean, that was one of the dumbest offensive game plans I've seen from anybody in the history of college football. I don't get it. Like, you know, Brady Hoke, you think, ah, he's a little conservative. Well, that was the time to be conservative. You just turn around and hand it off. You're up 14 nothing. What Middle Tennessee can't do nothing. They're tossing the ball around, throwing it. I mean, five turnovers will lead to, like, 19 points for Middle Tennessee, and they got, like, 50 yards of offense on those four or five scoring possessions. I mean, Brady Hoke, I, I, I don't know. Now you see why he got fired in Michigan, to say the least. Uh, thank God. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't bring some – I was getting a few texts from uh, people that night. That, that I can't believe this guy used to coach him. Don't remind me of that. I don't, I don't need that on, on the holidays to remind of the Brady Hoke era. Uh, I mean, you saw it just even at the end there, like, he lets – they're, they're trying to – they're middle Tennessee's in field goal range to take the lead. He lets 25 seconds go off the plate clock yep. and then burns a timeout. Like, just ga- galaxy brain stuff you don't see anymore in, at the FBS level where, like, everybody instead knows how to do that. And I'll tell you what, that middle – I don't know. We just talked about West Kentucky, how they lost five games. I don't know how that middle Tennessee team won eight games. That team is horrific. Yep. I'll tell you what, one of the most underrated, embarrassing losses in a lot that won't that when people look back because like they were an eight win team is that Miami losing by 14 at home yeah. to that middle Tennessee state team should have been a signal that it was going to be an all timer year for because that team is trash. And that is a, I mean, I mean, that is a horrific, that's like losing to an FCS team that they won't get the scrutiny for uh, that bad of a loss. So yeah, that was, I mean, look at that, that offensive line, San Diego state had like, Eight sacks, fifteen tackles for law, and that they they couldn't protect them at all. Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know how you lose that game. Um, yeah, and that was a that was a rough one on the island for uh, for Brady Hoke, who uh, just uh, <laughs> inexcusable loss there. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned Miami. Keep in mind, there wasn't really a lot of flukiness in that Middle Tennessee win either. They beat them. I mean, they had a bunch of big plays. Uh, against them and it wasn't like Miami had like 10 turnovers like they had against Duke so yeah that was as bad as it gets as far as a loss uh, for for Miami and another bad loss for Brady Hoke Uh, let's start talking games we got plenty of them here Uh, you and I quick uh, programming note you and I are going to be talking I believe once again noon eastern on Friday to get you uh, started for a bunch of the bowl games on Friday and Saturday so we are going to cover all the games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday here. We'll preview quick previews. If we got a pick, we got a pick. If not, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday at noon. Uh, let's just go tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Georgia Stern. Just uh, to, like, though, they should be like a bunch of player props out and stuff for those games. So we should be able to like deep dive it for like the, the playoff games and stuff, be able to give you a little bit more. Usually, you know, we kind of keep it on the, the sides in total. Since we've already been over a lot of the bowls, uh, I'll try and be as prepped as possible to to have some, uh, you know, uh, some of the more uh, specialty stuff for those games uh, that we can dive a little bit deeper into. Yep. And if you do like the show, don't forget to hit that smash, uh, smash that like button. Uh, if, you, if you like uh, what Kanish and I are talking about, uh, it's, let's talk about some games. Georgia Southern Buffalo. Georgia Southern took a little bit of money. I'm a, I just, you know, perfectly honest. I'm part of it on the Georgia Southern side here tomorrow against Buffalo overtook some money early in the bowl betting process. I certainly lean Georgia Southern. Uh, I would still lay the four, even though it's moved to, you know, a half point or so. Uh, did you bet anything here? Yeah, just uh, a smaller play on uh, Georgia Southern as well. Um, again, we've, we've talked about it a few times. It, it's the, 
do I love backing this type of offense uh, in a bowl game after like a true air raid style? Not, but it's a Buffalo team that that some of their underlying metrics were like woof, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and they were a team that like end of the year was really reverting back to uh, like a bottom tier Mac team. Uh, and, and again, and we, we've talked about a few times that I think the Sun Belt currently is a significantly better G5 conference than the MAC is. Yep. Um, and Buffalo, it looks to be kind of in that that middle to bottom tier of the MAC team that that you know needed a miracle win versus Akron to to kind of get that six win. So um, yeah, I think it, it's more of a, a Buffalo fade for me, uh, a team that uh, I think is is really not too much to like about what they're putting on the table. I think you're getting the team with the better athletes and stuff like that. Uh, um, and a, a team that was competitive in a better conference. So um, I, I would have liked a little bit stronger, but, uh, t- I, you know, again, if this was a, a better side uh, I, 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 than a Georgia Southern team, I'd feel more, I'd have a larger play here, but yeah, laid, laid some three and a half, still, still don't mind laying the four there. Um, yeah. I, I think that's, I, I can't, I just, it's, there's not a lot of like to I don't I don't have much to sell on this Buffalo team. Yeah, I mean the, the way they closed was very bad. Blowing the lead against Kent State at home, and then the Akron performance where they should have lost with Bo Eligibility on the line. I, I I didn't like how they closed. Next game, as we're doing this, Utah State took some money in the market. Uh, lines down to seven. Memphis favored by seven. Total sixty and a half. I've been indifferent on this game for the most part. Uh, there was I, I couldn't believe this when it first opened up that Sunday. I mean, there was this high, believe it or not, as 14 in the market. Uh, I did not was not able to to bet at a low limit book uh, that offered that, but there was some 10 and a half. So I took a little piece of Utah State, but you know, without their top running back Tyler, uh, their backups out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, they're they're kind of a, a little bit of a, a phony team. They're four and zero in one possession games. Memphis zero and four. Do I trust Memphis's coach in this one? I'm not sure, but uh, you know, seven would be my lean here. But this is pure pizza bet for me. Memphis minus seven. Yeah, that that would be the the lean that I, at current as well for me. Um, I, I get it's a Utah State team that like end of the year they seem to get the offense going a little bit more. I think their style kind of lends itself to uh, you know like, like translating to a bowl a little bit better with like some of the power rushing they were doing the mobile quarterback. But I think this Memphis team is a significantly more talented team. Uh, they were a team that, you know, threw a, a lot better throughout the course of the year. As you said, though, uh, you know, trusting this Memphis staff in a game, Sean Hennigan, um, it's just something that, that, that one of those that I, I'm not particularly keen to, to get involved in either way, uh, especially now that, as you said, the early Utah State numbers were too inflated. Looked like even at, at our uh, there was a just before we got on here a six and a half popped at circa it got pulled oh, out back wow. to seven yeah so uh, I think we'll see it kind of you know basically stick around seven here until game time so I, I again don't have much on this one at current probably one that I'm more uh, look to trade live a little bit but if if I had to play it if you're in a bulk pool or any of those I'd lay the seven. Next up, uh, we saw some movement uh, on this one. Wow, one time we were doing one of these bull betting shows as Circa <laughs> was opening up. And then, you know, you talk about Coastal Carolina here, then their quarterback and hitting the transfer portal, but then also specifying that he will play in this game. East Carolina currently, Coastal's been taking some money here recently. East Carolina laying seven, 
total 65 over and, and coastal taking a, a ton of money here, at least in, in recent days. So I'll, again, I mean, maybe it sounds square to me, but I, I just think the limits are opening up a little bit and people are just taking half points on key numbers here with these two dogs for tomorrow. But I kind of disagree with it. I, I, I would more lean East Carolina. What say you? Oh my, you know, like I, I just, Oh, you I like coastal. I'm good. No, no, oh, oh, no. That's the problem. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go out with Holton Aylers last game of his career. is going to be one last knife in the side of my, you know, back of Joey K here. Uh, yeah. I, Listen, we when we were we were doing the show the, a couple of weeks, I played some East Carolina, um, and I never came back off it. I, I know that you know McCall got got ruled back in, um, was was trying to chase them over there when the numbers were in the high fifties. Um, now, honestly, I think now like getting when you're getting up to the mid sixties here, that's uh, uh, even you know it's getting a bit rich there um, for me, even on the total, which I, I again a few days ago or a week ago what I've said. Uh, you know, I like the over sure, but now, now it's gotten better pretty good. Um, I don't, I, it's just, uh, it, it's a, and I know, you know, hearing some rumors and stuff that McCall wants this to be like the, we're going out with a bang, uh, you know, like the last rodeo here of him with Coastal Carolina. So I, I and, and again, this ECU team, but I think ECU is, is by far the better team. This is a coastal team that outside of the quarterback position there's just not much to like. Uh, really, their defensive was, you know, was really porous throughout the year. Um, they obviously lost a lot off last year's team, and then they don't have the same level of skill talent. Um, it's an ECU defense that, that kind of matches up relatively well. Um, yeah, it, it's one for me that, again, at, at current, am I, am I dying? Uh, I would play, um, again, obviously I don't like it as much as when we thought McCall was going to be out and then it was going to be like, a, you know, big bomb banger there in east carolina but yeah. uh yeah gun to my head uh i'd still play the seven here i have some seven still pending from when uh when i thought mccall was gonna be out and i'm just gonna let it roll kelvin tyler in the chat uh robert eldridge says tyler is playing i just double checked that yeah he originally opted out but he is gonna play for utah state so that's pretty significant he's probably their best offensive weapon my goodness uh bull season something else <laughs> opting out <laughs> no they're gonna play fun stuff. I'll put it that way. Uh, let's move on to a, a power five game tomorrow, Oklahoma state, Wisconsin. You want to talk about opt outs and uncertainty. This will be one, one of these games tomorrow, uh, Oklahoma state, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's now three and a half point favorite over taking a ton of money today. Uh, I respect the guy that's behind most of that move there, but I'm here to tell you with a couple of backup quarterbacks with Wisconsin still led by Leonard, on defense, I, I kind of disagree with it. So for me, I'm leaning under 45. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't have anything uh, now at current on the toll. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm I'm leaning Oklahoma State here at the three and a half. Haven't fired yet, um, but was one that I, I, and again, I know Sanders is gone. They've dealt with a ton of injuries throughout the year, um, but it, it's hard pressed for me for this Wisconsin team Uh to, to be able to justify laying three and a half here. They've had a, a bunch of opt-outs th throughout the season. Um, I think, I, I just, like, if you compare these two rosters, I think Oklahoma State has more talent. I think they're they better, even with some of the, the players that have gone and some of the injuries, um, Wisconsin's had their fair share as well. So um, I'm proud, I, I, again, and this is one that uh, I was wanting to see your opinion on as well. I'm probably going to play some three and a half here uh, at some point. I was kind of waiting to see once it got through three was waiting to see, Hey, maybe uh, it'll keep going. Will I get a, a cheap three and a half or a four? So 
Haven't locked it in yet, um, but but I'm going to be on Oklahoma State here in some fashion. So that first week uh, when this game was announced, I, I got both sides of the game. So what happened was uh, Mertz, he's not worth any, not much, but he announced he wasn't going to play. So at that time, the line was three and a half. I thought, okay, I'll take Oklahoma State plus three and a half. I have no idea. Mertz stinks, but I mean, he's got to be a little bit better than the backup. So I played three and a half. And then within 24 hours, Spencer Sanders was ruled out. He wasn't going to play in this game. So then I turned right around and laid one with Wisconsin. So that's the position I'm at right now. But, you know, the more I think about it, I agree with you. And I, I this is kind of, you know, handicapping one-on-one bowl season. But Gundy's one of the best bowl coaches. I mean, he is. I mean, go look at the results. Uh, and Leonard's never coaching a bowl. So, I mean, when you got a lot of roster uncertainty, multiple starters out, I just – I trust Gundy to be able to navigate that and handle it better than – Leonard, who's got, you know, obviously one foot out the door. This is it for him. He declined the offer to stay on the staff, probably as he should, because he didn't get the full-time gig there as head coach. So, yeah, if that ends up being our best bet, I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, I'm not going to turn you down on that one. So uh, I'll agree with that. Uh, Any other final thoughts on that game? No, I agree. I just let you know, not to oversimplify it, um, but I agree, like, yeah, I think you're getting a lot of roster turnover both places. Uh, one coach that's been better in bowl season than one on the way out, and a team that does not a team that has been perennially struggling on offense uh, throughout the remainder of the year, laying three and a half. So yeah, for me, uh, it's, it's pretty simplified. I think getting the the slightly better talented team uh, and three and a half points here in a in a total in the mid 40s. So yeah, just I'm not going to overthink that one. Fair enough. Here's a, a let's go to Wednesday. Game that's moved quite a bit. One of the bigger movers as far as the side. You know, Duke was a two-and-a-half-point underdog early on in the bowl process, now laying three-and-a-half against Central Florida. Total 62. Central Florida has some opt-outs. Central Florida, more importantly, has some concerns of who's going to play quarterback. Mikey Keene hit the transfer portal. We're not sure if John Rice Plumley's fully healthy. One thing we do know, Mike Elko did a hell of a job at Duke this year. They will be ready to play. They have hardly any opt-outs for this one. Uh, when we see nothing but one-way action on the Blue Devils here. I'm guessing you're part of the Duke money here. I'll say, you know, I'm not going to be running late to the window here, like, you know, and recommending a strong big bet at three and a half when you could have had a plus number uh, beside Duke. So I did bet Duke early on in the process. I think they're the right side. I'm guessing you bet Duke. Yeah, yeah. They had some, like, Duke money line around, I think it was average price, like, around minus 120, uh, was able to get most of the fill at. Um, I will say, this is one that, okay, okay, as you said, I I don't want to recommend it now that it's crossed through the three. However, if Plumlee is out, if you're watching, if Plumlee's out, let's still play. If he gets announced, I don't know, I've been trying to check, been trying to ask around, haven't gotten a good feel for if he's going to play or not. If he doesn't, I'd still lay it with Duke here. And I, I said Brett in the, the chat under 62. Under and Duke would still be a play for me if word on Plumlee comes out that that he's not going to play. Uh, the Castellanos kid did, did not look like uh, a guy who's ready to play at the the, of the FBS level. Um, and, and, like, he, he was – I mean, Mikey Keene was a guy who was a little bit better passer, Plumlee explosive runner. Castellanos doesn't really do – either of those things. Um, and as you said, Elko, you know, he, he took Duke's defense, uh, you know, to another level this year, had them, uh, you know, overperform in a lot of games. So yeah, this is one that, that if you haven't played it yet, um, I, I would just try and wait and, you know, be, be have some alerts on or that for, for the Plumlee news. And then uh, under and Duke would still be good for me at that. If, if he plays, then, then it's a pass. Agree. 
Kansas, Arkansas, Kansas money, uh, at least early on in the process. It's been sitting no three, 68 and a half, 69 for quite a long time here. Uh, at least the last week or so after some original Kansas money makes sense. Arkansas, several opt outs, as many as a half dozen starters for them. Their defense coordinator is off to be the head coach at UNLV. Kansas, obviously excited. First bowl game for them in almost 15 years. Hardly any opt-outs. Leopold, their head coach, gets an extension. They sell out, you know, within, I think, 24 hours of their ticket allotment. So they could have a crowd edge for this game uh, in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, I still would lean Kansas plus three, but uh, nothing big at, at the current number. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, this one, this one's come down so much that, yeah, if – if anything, I'll probably wait to see like how far it'll come down and then maybe have, like, as you said, some pizza bat on Arkansas or something if it keeps steaming down. Um, but yeah, if you're if you people jumped on the Kansas number early, obviously that's uh that's been the sharp side. But one that that even at even on the early side of things, I wasn't too keen uh to get involved in here. Um, you know, depending on who was gonna be playing for Arkansas and, and a Kansas team that I think played uh you know, over their head in, in a number of uh, scenarios yeah. this year. So, uh, and then it's an Arkansas team that, um, you know, I, I still don't know if they're like they think it's a team. The UCF Duke game we just talked about, you would feel, you know, more confident that it's a Central Florida team that had a disappointing season, doesn't want to be there, might not have their starting quarterback. I don't think Arkansas is in that totally like same scenario where it's it's a team that, that I had on the radar to, to you know, totally fade in bowl season. So, yeah, at this one, uh, I think it's just uh, a pass to me at, at this point. Agree. Next up, more line movement. Uh, even today, the over took some money. Honestly, not surprised. North Carolina, Oregon. Uh, Oregon up to a two-touchdown favorite, although we did see a little bit of 14-and-a-half uh, taken out of the marketplace here on the North Carolina side. Several opt-outs for North Carolina. Josh Downs is out for them. Three of their four starters in the secondary, plus a couple other key backups out. Uh, for them, we will see both starting quarterbacks. They're both going to come back and return uh, next season and play. And Drake May and Bo Nix, two guys that will be in the top 10 of the Heisman Futures markets uh, when that gets released here in a few months. Uh, both coordinators, that would be a worry with a 75 total. Both coordinators are gone. Kenny Dillingham for uh, Oregon is off to be the head coach at Arizona State. Longo uh, for North Carolina is off to be the Wisconsin offensive coordinator. So that would be a little bit of a worry. Uh, I. Other than that, I, I think 14 is about right. I understood the original Oregon money, and then I understood taking back a little bit of 14 and a half on North Carolina. I thought the back door might be open there. Uh, did, did you bet any of this uh, in the last week or two? Yeah, you know, it's, I had some early Oregon on the side. Um, I will say the total, like, you know, if, if this was a regular season game where both teams were coming in primed up here, uh, and then you, you could talk me into it. To now be up to 75, even, uh, you know, 75 and a half. I think there's 176 out there. To me, like, it, when you've got teams that have been off for for a month here, um, to expect them to come in and, and be uh, operate, especially when both teams, uh, you know, are, I kind of lean towards some, especially North Carolina with some precision passing offense. I'm going to be down a few weapons. I know their defense yeah. uh, now, you know, the, the, the few good players that have had on it, are, you know, ran out the door there. So, you know, it's going to could, but I mean, to get this over, you're, you're talking about Oregon needing to get like 49, uh, maybe, you know, like, you know, like they maybe get in the low fifties here. Um, I, I don't know. It, it could be one that, you know, is, is like 28, nothing in, in, you know, six minutes and I'm jumping off a bridge here. I, I probably, 
looking to play back some under um, at some point. You're just it, it, it's a tough it's a tough match for me to like to figure that these teams, um, especially when it's on. You know, Petco Park, San Diego, it's going to be, you know, again, like, so, yeah, I I can't get to the total number now at this point here, um, um, unless you're just talking about, like, an absolute, like, drubbing by Oregon there. So, yeah, I'll probably, again, smaller bet, we'll, we'll come back on the under at some point here. Brett Pippen in the chat got a middle Oregon minus nine and a half, North Carolina plus 14 and a half. Yeah, I think that's that, that's pretty solid. I hope, obviously, though, you, you got more on the original position of Oregon uh, because of the variance in bowl games. I, I hope it's not a full middle where you bought all the way back at plus 14 and a half. Uh, next one, uh, Ole Miss, Texas Tech. Or what's your thoughts on that? When, when you got a middling opportunity, say your number on the game, I don't know what Brett's number is, if it's 13 or 14. Uh, what do you do? You middle stuff? Do you take back 30%? What's your philosophy on that? You know, I'm more apt to do it in bowl season. I, I've done more of the the middling and keeping the you know the the risk position lower in bowl season. I think you, you've got significantly more variance uh, in, in terms of like yep. the results in bowl season. Who's going to show up in that? So it, it just makes sense to unless there's a side that I'm really in love with. Um, or, or like, you know, the playoff games per se, where you know you're getting the full team, the full effort, any of that. Uh, I, I've been doing more of the the middling, taking off, you know, a larger position than I normally would. Um, just because, again, I don't want to be, like, even on, on the original positions, unless I know for sure that I'm getting, you know, a great number, I can get as much done as I can, like, even lightening up the, uh, the original positions. Because then, well, like, a piece of news goes against you. You know, I'm away from the, the screen. I'm away yeah. from the phone for, you know, 20 minutes here. And I look back and ex-quarterback, you know, is, uh, you know, transferring out here, hits the portal. And and then you're, you know, six, eight points later, you're underwater. So, yeah, I do more of it in bowl season than, than I normally do. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I went super high volume the last couple of years. I got better CLV than uh, I do in the regular season. I got what much, much worse uh, results. So th- this might be the last year for me really getting – Super high volume. I mean, I, I mean, call me an action junkie with college football, but I mean, I want to, I want to win more than anything. And I, yeah, I'm not getting the results that I, I should be getting. Uh, I'll put it that way. Uh, let's go to Thursday or no, we got one more on, on Wednesday. Uh, Ole Miss, Texas tech, another line. We've seen a little bit uh, uh, money come in on the over here recently. Line's been sitting at three and a half for, for quite some time here. I, I leaned originally Texas Tech. I like Joey McGuire, uh, their head coach. I do worry about the matchup edge. I think it's a significant mismatch with Ole Miss's run game against Texas Tech's rush defense. That would concern me a little bit, but I thought Ole Miss got exposed down the stretch once their schedule got a little bit tougher, um, and they lost four of their last five games. Nothing big for me. Maybe a pizza bet now at, at three and a half. Did you bet this one? No, this one's the one, and I agree with you there. That like the in terms of just the bowl matchup, you got a Mississippi team that loves to run it versus yep. a bad rush defense versus a Texas Tech team that's a little bit more, uh, you know, up tempo air raid uh, things that I don't like to back in bowl season. But it's a Mississippi State team that, um, or a Mississippi team that, that that just again lane in bowl season in terms of like I agree with you that, that they were definitely overvalued through through points of the year uh and you know their original like that first six seven weeks um they were not that good of a team um to come back now uh here and and be playing you know, Houston Texas there so 
I, again, I agree with you. It'd be a small bet for me uh, on Ole Miss, um, but not not one that that I'm significantly involved in at the moment. Not one that I, that I really want to be. Let's go to Thursday, uh, Minnesota Syracuse Pinstripe Bowl. I did have a really strong position. I, I like Minnesota. Uh, lean now at ten has moved, you know, three points. But uh, thought process for me was, you know, at Syracuse, I thought was another team. You know, didn't close as as their strength of schedule got tougher down the stretch. They got exposed. I think more pertinent to this matchup, Tucker, their running backs out, their offense coordinator and defense coordinator are both gone. That was a big reason why Syracuse overachieved this season. Uh, but I just think they're extremely shorthanded, and the game plan will be simple for Minnesota. Just uh, smash Syracuse at the line of scrimmage. So I, you know, I not a huge fan of laying ten with a total of forty two, but I'd still lean Minnesota. Did you take a position on the Gophers? Yeah, had some early, you know, I think I've got some juice seven here, even uh, even some seven and a half. But um, I agree if you can, uh, you know, if you got like a, a nine and a half out there, there's still a couple of nine and a juice or nine and a half. Uh, it's OK for a smaller bet. I, I love also like P.J. Fleck in bowl season. He, he's one of those guys that um, like I you can fully trust to have the team amped up, ready to go, locked in, rowing the boat like. The guy that, you know, is a you know, master. I don't know if he's the greatest schematic coach in the world, um, but in terms of, like, getting his team prepped, ready, uh, and, like, um, I mean, he's been in some – I remember they played uh, Georgia Tech a few years ago when they were running the option and, and just absolutely, like, dialed in, had every – like, you yeah. knew they were going to have the ball practice. Like, they absolutely slaughtered him. And that's, I think, the type of coach he is. Like, one of those guys that, that I feel you can – have confidence in that his team's going to show up, be ready, be prepared, be locked in. Um, and, and it's a Syracuse team that wasn't particularly good and has now lost some of their key players. So, uh, again, 10 at 40. It, it, the problem being, yes, that that Minnesota, not a particularly great passing team here. They're, yeah. they're going to just have to you know, pound you over and over and over again. So, yeah, it's tough there at 10, uh, but that'd be the only side I can still play. Let's go to the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, Oklahoma, Florida State. Florida State taking some money. Again, maybe I sound square. Uh, I'm a part of the Florida State bandwagon here. Anything under 10, I'm leaning with the Knowles. Thought processes. They're locked in. They hardly have any opt-outs. Jordan Travis is coming back for another year. This is, you know, borderline top 10 team, probably be preseason top 10 uh, next year. Uh, a lot of positive momentum. Oklahoma, subpar first season for Venables, to say the least. Both starting offensive tackles are out. Eric Gray, the running back's out for them. Uh, several other guys are going to be out for them. I just don't know how important this was. Oklahoma was very active in the recruiting class rankings. I think a lot of their last couple of weeks have probably been focused more on that side of the ball, uh, or that that part of the program and that process. I'm just I, I look at their roster, their current roster, and a team that was six and six is going to be even worse for this bowl game. I, I just think Florida State has a possibility of rolling them here. Uh, I, I just think the only reason it's not fully 10 across the board right now is just that name brand of Oklahoma and Florida state. And I, I guess people are thinking too much of the last four or five years. I thought this team from, from mid October on was a legitimate top 10 caliber team, the best team in the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they were red hot to end the season. Uh, as you said, two teams going totally different directions uh, and one team that that's had a ton of opt outs, Versus another team that that I think is going to be coming in a lot closer to full strength. Um, 
this is this is probably one of the larger one-sided positions that, that I have in bowl season was was Florida State it. at some of the earlier prices. And I don't I don't plan I mean, even though I just talked about you know shaving off a lot and taking risk off. This is one I really don't plan on it. Um, th- there's not a a number here that that I'm looking to you know attract a piece that to that unless you get totally out of ridiculous that to come back on Oklahoma because. I, I think, as you said, they're they're a prime candidate uh, to just get rolled over here. So, yeah, if it's still be, I know Circuit, I think got the best price in the market at uh, at nine. It would still be a, a smaller play for me at nine. Uh, again, I, I know we're <laughs> delaying these big numbers in bowls. is not something that uh, I usually particularly like to do. But I think you've just got a couple of matchups here on Thursday that like are, are you know have a day that seem very very one-sided uh in terms of coaching in terms of player availability that it's just hard to make a case uh for especially for Oklahoma here yeah I'm anxious to see and once we get a couple of seasons of this opt-out to see how favorites do especially large favorites because I mean they're large favorites not just you know for performance but a lot of reason these teams are large favorites because of the current form of their opposition just being that pathetic. So, I mean, in typical cases, four states lanes, maybe seven at most here, six, six and a half, maybe as low as that, but because Oklahoma is so shorthanded that they have become a big favorite. Uh, so I, I'm my thought process is I think favorites will do better than expected in, in some of these games where there's so much opt outs on one side compared to another. We'll see though. <laughs> Washington, speaking of opt outs, another game, a bunch more opt outs here. Washington. I, I like Washington here. Anything uh, above three. Bijan Robinson out for Texas. Roshan Johnson out. Several other guys out for Texas. I know they're playing close to home, but Michael Penix is coming back for Washington. I think that gives them some positive, uh, you know, momentum heading in towards next season. Without Bijan Robinson, he's one of those, uh, you know, non quarterbacks. Is probably, I think, worth at least a half point, maybe in a point uh, uh, for Texas. More is going to be placed on uh, on the shoulders of Quinn Ewers, a guy that. I'm not – I didn't like what I saw from him this year, to say the least. I mean, a big reason why Texas, I thought, underperformed at 8-4 and four was Quinn Ewers didn't live up to his five-star billing. So, give me Washington plus three and a half. What say you? I'm with, then, you know what? At, at, like, at the current numbers that are left on the board uh, for bowl season, I think this would be, like, my favorite remaining play. All right, uh, let's make it a best bet. Yeah, no, I'm in there. I think I, I played Washington on a couple numbers. I'd still have no issue playing three and a half, uh, played some money line. I yep. think they win this game. I think they could win this game by, and you listen, we, you want to take the clip and I put egg on my face here. You can give the, <laughs> the unabated crew some like if it doesn't come true. I think they could win this game by a couple scores, uh, ton of opt outs for Texas, huge coaching mismatch here between Sark and the uh, Penix coming back, looking great, uh, to, to end the season there. I, I, I think this is, you know, like, uh, a hashtag like I, I get that Texas in terms of like just the the market rating and that has to be uh you know small favorite in this one but I like Washington a lot here uh and I think a lot of the stuff that that Washington does especially in that the short passing game there uh and stuff can translate to bowl season um and a Texas team that I, I think would be a great candidate to to not show up and Quinn Hoover was was bad the second half of the season yeah, so was. I don't I don't I don't Love that, especially now going to be down some offensive linemen, their best player in Bijan. So I like Washington here quite a bit. This would be the, as I said, the uh, in terms of numbers that are available right now, here now, uh, Washington would be my favorite at the three and a half. 
Best bet. Not not uh, Joey's alternative minus 13 and a half line on Washington, but we'll, we'll be happy. <laughs> we'll be happy with plus three and a half here on, on the Huskies. Yeah. Uh, any other? I'll tell you, let me mention this. Former Texas quarterback Hudson Cards going to Purdue. That's Purdue on the – oh. First, yeah, that just happened here. Hire by Ryan. I was just I was gonna ask you that. Great hire by Ryan Walters. They bring in a nice OC that I like too. Now Hudson Card, boiler yeah. up, baby. They got it. Lose Jeff Brom. I thought the program was gonna fall off a cliff, but they. No. they I mean, you want to talk about a great two weeks for, for Purdue? Like, I mean, they. I think they've hit it out of the park here. Let. I agree. But let's not hope that, you know, that positive continues at least on January the 2nd. We did. We're talking about a lot of lines that have moved. If you follow the show and watch it every week, you got a nice little LSU minus six and a half or minus seven ticket in your pocket. As we gave that out a couple weeks ago, it's moved to 14 and a half. So uh, let's hold off the Purdue positivity at least for another week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they lose uh, that one going away. But yeah, I agree with you. That's going to be one of the more underrated hires. The fact that he pulled Hudson Card. Hudson Card was, you know, that's a major pull. Value. I can't yeah, believe I he's he going gonna to be, Purdue. I did not expect him. Of all the teams that were after him, I mean, I didn't hear hardly anything about Purdue, so they kept that under wraps. Maybe somebody signed off a a big paycheck. Keep in mind, Hudson Card's got at least two, maybe more year, maybe three years of eligibility left. So. Big time move for them. Another under the radar transfer because this is a college football show, but you know, to mark down because uh, it's all, I mean, the preparation for 2023 is already on uh, for me. That Fisk kid from Western Michigan, a really good defense lineman, is going to Florida State. Florida State's doing a hell of a job in the transfer portal along with Michigan. You know that they're, they're pulling in starters <laughs> left and right. I, yep. I heard, I heard that. Brad Powers might have Michigan favored to win the 2023 national title. I'm very, I'm very, he might be, he's, he's, he's calling up books to post it so we can get some more hardball action here. Won't be my favorite, but may, <laughs> we'll say maybe favorite. We'll, let's see how they do uh, against, if they get matched up against Georgia. We'll see that, but might be my favorite in the Big Ten. That's saying something. They get the Buckeyes at home, and we've seen how that's worked out the last couple of years in that matchup. So, yeah, I, Michigan's going to be a preseason top five team. I mean, they got a lot of guys back. Another nice non-conference schedule, too, you can take advantage of. I mean, I think UNLV, East Carolina, and somebody else, it's just pathetic. So a couple of good programs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so any other things? So best bet for us is Washington. I know you got a big, uh, you know, shindig you got to get to. Uh, New Mexico State's up 17-7 on Bowling Green as we're doing this. Any other things you want to mention? Yeah, let's clean up uh, two things. One, you know, we, we touched on UCLA Pitt in the previous one, thinking hey, that that's uh, a good one. Thompson yeah. Robinson, Charbonnet was going to be – I'm still hearing conflicting information that, that Charbonnet is leaning towards sitting, but Thompson Robinson might play. Uh, it's taken some money back to where the original line. So, I, again, this is one that, you know, if you have a position, I, I would – I've lightened up my own position. Uh, I, I got kind of on both sides here, so I don't have much, you know, going there. I don't know if he's going to, like – they went through bowl practices, but the latest I had heard was even though Charbonnet practiced, he's not going to play. So could Thompson yeah. Robinson go through practice and play? So I, I am there is a ton of opt-outs regardless on both sides here in this one. I think the under is the sharpest, but obviously it's moved to touchdown. I'll say this. I am more on the UCLA side now. I I, I was, uh, you know, as you know, Charbonnet and DTR are going to be out. Okay, I'll take a little bit of pit. I mean, I was all over this game, but. Right now, as we stand, as we're recording this on a Monday afternoon, 
Uh, I even, you know, DTR doesn't play. I mean, Pittsburgh's got opt outs. I mean, I, I trust, look, I'm not a big chip Kelly guy, but with a bunch of guys out, I trust him to be able to come up with something offensively compared to Narduzzi without Slovis, without a band, uh, at running back. I just, uh, I'm more on the UCLA side here. I think, why are they practicing? If they're not going to at least play, at least on DTR, why are you practicing? So I, I think he plays. I didn't expect him to play, but I agree. We got, we got reports on, you know, over the weekend that, you know, he's taking all the number one reps. So, I mean, if he's not going to play, why the hell would he even bother? I agree. I, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that with the with the chipper. Maybe he wants, you know, just wants to get Dante Moore in already early to give him the <laughs> run in there. But uh, yeah, I agree. I would, I would lean as you said if he, if he was taking the reps. But again, Charbonnet was play practice too, but apparently he's on the. I don't know. So yeah, it would be especially if those two are in uh, a UCLA play now, but. I guess we will uh, we'll have to see as it gets closer here. Maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity um, and see who's actually, who's actually going to be. The Caleb, the USC one, Caleb Williams, another one, where USC's had a couple of their best players opted out, but his still yeah, unclear everything. whether, whether yeah. he, you know, he told people originally that he was going to play. Um, haven't heard much in the way of uh, any update there. I am not. I mean, we've heard some conflicting reports there early on. The process is very negative. Then he goes and, you know, he's at some children's foundation mm-hmm. says, yeah, he's planning on playing. Don't know yet. Hopefully we know more the next time you and I reconvene here on a Friday. Yeah. We'll know, definitely mo- know more about UCLA because it'll be two hours before kick uh, when you and I do the show. And, you know, we'll only be a couple days out as far as USC. So I there's – Conflicting reports means I've had you know conflicting bets to say the least. <laughs> Trying to take advantage anytime there's breaking news or some new information. So yep, it's uh, interesting. I'll put it this way. Well, we'll we'll see how it finishes for me. Uh, it might be one of the last years where I'm sitting, you know, going to be glued to it. I might just put my hands up and just say, yeah, I'll lie bet. Uh, you know, I just I don't feel like it's December. I mean, it's I don't feel like being in front of a computer. Uh, you know, 14, 15 hours a day, the season's over. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> so uh, any other things before we sign off here? No, I think that uh, that wrapping now, as, as you said, we'll be back, uh, be back Friday there uh, to, to touch on. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more uh, information and, uh, and uh, you know, be able to touch on a couple more games there with some updated stuff. Agree. Uh, before we do close out, though, remember one more time, you've been watching Hit the Books on the Hammer Betting Network, powered by Circus Sports. You can bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. It is Circus Sports. Experience big app bets with the highest betting limits, better money line splits with the lowest hold percentage, best customer service, and more. You can get your new bookie today at CircusSports.com. For Joey Kanish, the man, the myth, the legend himself. For Jason, our producer, I'm Brad Powers. You've just been watching Hit the Books. We'll talk to you Friday.